From the Mid-South Band Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Well, we're three days later and still maybe slightly closer to somebody being named president. But no, nothing official yet. Could take a few more days. Could be weeks with lawsuits. So, uh, And then the Senate, not necessarily know quite how it's going looks kind of like we know but again not official so it just continues to drag on it's hard to believe that we're two days two days after you and i sat down for the first time uh for our election show which uh, again was very well received a lot of good feedback on that from from wednesday morning but uh it's hard to believe that we're still sitting here and um not necessarily have a a, a president named uh yet so very interesting some of the stories coming out are, are pretty uh interesting some of the numbers that i've seen lately pretty amazing arithmetic going on I'll say that. I try to follow. I, I kind of put it out because, again, we all know this is probably going to court some form or fashion, and it's not worth you know, spending our time trying to analyze sure. or look at it. There's people a lot smarter or have a lot more time than we do trying to figure that out. But I know doing something, if you want to figure out how to buy a house, call Team Couch. That's right, Derek. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group is the presenting sponsor for the Under the Water Tower podcast. Team Couch possesses over 55 years of combined experience in the residential real estate market here in DeSoto County. Reach out to them today for any buying or selling needs that you might have in residential real estate. There's a lot of young, new uh, real estate agents out there that possess a year, two years worth of experience. Brian and Terry's team over at Team Couch possess thousands of closings in the buying and selling of residential real estate in DeSoto County. If you're looking for help buying or selling a home, Reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or look them up at Team Couch. That's T-E-A-M, couch.com, teamcouch.com. Podcast recorded each and every week at the Mobile Van and Car Rental Studio. Reach out to Mobile Car and Van Rental for any of your van or car needs. Uh, Derek had an opportunity yesterday. A lady called us from south, uh, just south of Sardis. We were able to put her in a car uh, in 20 minutes. Wow. She had to go to a funeral up past Millington and needed a car, so we were able to take care of her in under 20 minutes. So if we can serve you in that way, whether it be a body shop need, cars broken down, family trip, anything like that, our vans and, and cars are ready to, to be rented. Please give us a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Have some really neat things coming out pretty soon with the mobile car and van rental studio i'm sorry with the mobile car and van rental uh local uh, insurance companies if you're an insurance agent or an insurance adjuster listening have some neat things coming out in the next two weeks so we'd love to serve you guys uh, in this area it's friday the first thing we want to do uh today is to really look at a couple of the alderman meeting that happened this week uh, as we've mentioned before alderman meetings in south haven and hernando will be covering uh happen on the first and third tuesdays of the month so the first Tuesday was this past Tuesday, Austin Election Day. Again, we did not cover it on our Wednesday special, so we want to look at them today. Uh, we're going to start up in South Haven at their Alderman meeting. Um, the, a few things went on. The first was, and I think this is interesting, not that we think infrastructure is interesting per se, but the, there was a resolution that directed the sale of the combined water and sewer systems uh, to, to do some revenue bonds to try to get those done. Obviously, South Haven is looking to improve their infrastructure for the city uh, for more commercial and more residential projects. And they got a rate. Duncan Williams won the rate, Matt, 1.8%. Is that good? 
Uh, that's uh, that's a good rate. One point eight percent for municipality. Uh, so again, you know, this, if you have the bonding capacity right now, be a good time for you know cities or, or states to look at you know pro- now assuming that you're not already over leveraged uh, to look at doing projects of one point eight percent, very good rate. Uh, now South Haven has a, a a pretty good bond rating, you know, so they're able to get that, but uh, you know one percent, very good rate. Oh, absolutely. Uh, had some great responses, Derek, from our interview. We. Uh, Put out on Monday with uh, Mayor Musselwhite. Several texts came my way. You probably got some uh, information, I think, as well. People just saying, "Man, what a!" He seems to have quite the vision for South Haven, quite the vision for the central part of DeSoto County. Uh, just an interesting uh, thing, and I mean, good for them. One point eight, one point eight percent for a municipal. Um, rate is, is pretty good. Going from there, we'll go to the planning agenda. There was about three or four items on the planning agenda. And the main one, I guess I had the most discussion was there was two sections of Rasco Farms subdivision. Sections D and E were approved. Sections D uh, has 69 new residential lots. Section uh, E, 31 new residential lots. And this is a kind of the smaller homes uh, on the west side of the city, kind of at Horn Lake Road and State Line Road. Uh, so up in that kind of northwest corner uh, of South Haven. They were approved. There was a lot of discussion. Uh, one of the aldermen was very concerned about the traffic count, that the road there, it's a two-lane road on Horn Lake, two-lane road on State Line, so it really does get backed up. One stoplight, you know, for both sides, so it does, especially around the 5 o'clock time frame. He says really from 3 to 6, it's really backed up. Uh, you know, they may have to sit through two or three light changes to get through. So adding another 100 houses was a concern to him. The mayor understood his concern, but was also said, you know, this, this neighborhood was approved basically 15 years ago, very similar to Madison Lakes. Wow. A PUD that was approved, the, the overall PUD approved before the, the residential downturn in 08. And so these are basically, you know, these are already approved uh, and they've already got the work done. They've already put in the turning lanes that were required for this next section. And the, the mayor thought it would, it would be a um, bad precedent to set, you know, that you get everything ready it's already been approved. You bring them up, and now you say, hey, let's table it because we want a traffic count. They did approve these after, again, it was, it was a good discussion, good 15, 20-minute discussion. But once the discussion was over, they did approve them. However, there is now is a moratorium on any development in that area until a traffic count can be done. So about 30 to 45 days is probably what it's going to take. They didn't really put a time frame. They just said we have to have a traffic count, see what it says, and then and then make recommendations going from there. But, again, those two those two sections were approved uh, for RASC. Forms uh, subdivision, and with the traffic count, they're they're not saying there won't be more homes in that area. They're simply saying, "Hey, let's educate ourselves. Take a look at the traffic count. Make sure we're doing right from a municipality standpoint. Better lights, different things, whatever, to adjust for the next step or the next approval of another neighborhood." Right, so, real main, quick, nor, northwest quadrant of South Haven. I think the the main thing is is that you know, does it require maybe going to three lanes with the turning lane? Does it require maybe potentially four lane in that area in the future? Now, the mayor made it adamant saying, hey, we do not have that in our current plan Correct. to four lane. We don't have the funds set aside to do that. But after this traffic count, that may be something we have to look at. And so what we really have to watch the growth over there uh, until we can you know, see what this count says. Well, they've got about a million square foot warehouse or industrial warehouse going in right across the railroad tracks on state line. West of 51, you go about a mile on the right-hand side, you're going to see about a million square feet of warehouse space over there. I don't know exactly what's going in it. It's going to make a heck of a lot of traffic over there as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, for those of y'all that are trying to picture it, this is on the way to the uh, 
the golf course uh, up yeah, there, North Creek, yeah, North Creek, along with the uh, the the old. Well, I guess it will be the old, old soccer, soccer fields. fields yep. Currently, the city soccer fields. Exactly. All right. The other one that came up was uh, that people may be familiar with are is there's a commercial section uh, right there at Goodman and Greenbrook Road or Greenbrook Drive uh, next to a strip center that's on the corner. The strip center used to have the Enterprise, uh, has a subway, has a couple other, I mean, a cell phone place. North side uh, of the road. North side of the road. So this is the northeast corner of Greenbrook and Goodman. And just next to that, just east of that, uh, there's been a lot of dirt work done there's a power line there there's been a lot of kind of built up and they've really leveled it out well that was uh, converted into two commercial lots uh, it was currently you know just one commercial lot kind of sent there they've they've converted that to two commercial lots 1.72 acre and a 1.12 acre lot that were approved so again not much discussion on that one uh, it was done and so those were kind of what was talked about during the planning commission the only other comments uh, that were made was during the mayor's report. He said that basically, you know, last time he gave us a you know, real detailed report about the bridge and all that going on at Snowden that he also talked about on the uh, interview. Well, now it was just basically all projects are well underway. Uh, everything's done. And then the main thing he said was that every year they're doing an employee survey of how they think the city is doing, treating them. You know, they're basically their, I guess, their happiness with the city. And so of there's 469 surveys that were sent out to the employees of the city of South Haven, 178 have been returned. So he's just kind of asking, you know, make sure that they, you know, going to give them more time for as many of those to get in as possible. So basically it's like a self-assessment feedback, what the employees think about the city. And so, you know, they're waiting to get those back. And once he gets those back, he'll share those with the board. And then the final thing was, is that the city of South Haven, every, every city, every, every municipality and the county puts their deposits up to bid uh, for, you know, basically all the banks can, and, and the county can bid out to who wants to uh, try to get the funds, you know, basically the lowest rate, no fees, lowest fees. And so it's usually on a two-year term, and their two-year term is up, so that will be coming out. All banks will be, have a chance to bid on the City of South Haven depository, and they're looking to see if maybe this year they can stretch it to a four-year bid. So basically, you know, because and the mayor said, you know, it's kind of you know every two years for a large, especially for larger cities, having to turn bank or change bank accounts to the lowest bidder sure. is is a large pain. Uh, that and he is correct. Uh, yeah, I struggle I, with that too. A lot of commas, a lot of commas. Uh, in uh, the, yeah, a lot of commas. Well, yeah, the more commas, the more hassle it is. So. Uh, and well, and just the signatures, the change, and and having to get all that in and set up, and so he's hoping that it looks like they're going to be allowed to do a four year bid, and that will you know so that will basically be the term of the board, which right. would be pretty nice. Um, so anyway, that's that's coming up. Other than that, really nothing else uh, on this meeting. So it wasn't too long of a meeting, about uh, just under an hour, and uh, uh, so a great time, you know, for to get in, get out, able to watch it again. Remember, always online. You can look it on YouTube. You can go to the City of South Haven website. They have the old meetings archive. So please try to find that. Now we'll turn our attention to the City of Hernando. Under the water tower. Under the water tower. City of Hernando. The agenda itself was not too detailed. It, was, it wasn't a lot going on. And then actually the meeting was not even the, I think it was like 35 or 40 minutes, which sounds like, okay, that's great. You know, you know, we can go ahead and knock that out. The problem is, is that something was not addressed that we'll get to in just a moment. First, we want to just, a few things were funded in, in Hernando, uh, HIFA. Uh, the Hernando Football Association, they had asked for funding to just basically match their funding for last year. It was approved. House of Wait, Grace. meaning the city helped a little bit last year, and they just asked to have that done again. It's $2,500 okay, is gotcha. what the city helps to, to help with HIFA and the funding and, and the needs that they have, and so they, they uh, agreed to approve 2500 again. Okay. Listeners, uh, HIFA is Hernando Youth Football Association. That's what that is. Has their season started? or It started. It's, it's, it has started, yeah. It's actually – 
probably about halfway through. I was going to say halfway, or, or you know, I'm sure they started later. I'm pretty sure they started later. They did. It was uh, the second or third uh, Saturday in October. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think had to travel each game. They do. We're not able to play anywhere this year. They in do in Hernando. So it was uh, they're playing up in Horn Lake mainly. Interesting. Yeah. The next one was the House of Grace uh, had funding. Uh, the, they had their funding request, sixty three hundred dollars. It was approved. And uh, uh, same yeah, as for, last year. Did they get same funding? as last okay. year? For those of y'all, the House of Grace. Um, this is a, a nonprofit that's mainly up in South Haven. But obviously, it serves the entire county. Most people really don't know where the house is. I, you know, we're not supposed to know where the house is. Right. It's a battered women's shelter where the battered women can bring themselves, their children, and just escape uh, a bad situation in their home. And so, because of that, they, you know, they don't really want you to know where the house is. Sure. But they do a great job. Uh, uh, Lorraine Katie was in charge of it for years and years and years, an older woman up in South Haven, uh, before she had to retire. And just, uh, just a great, uh, a great entity, a ministry. great organization, ministry. and a great ministry. So again, I have no issues with uh, the city of Hernando helping out with that because we know that there are women from Hernando that have to use the Absolutely. House of Grace. The last one, the last request for funding last night was the DeSoto County Museum. Our favorite, Rob Long. Rob Long, fact of the week. Uh, Rob Long was there uh, asking for the the funding. Uh, you know, and of course, the, it is funded by all the municipalities. It is funded by the county itself. Hernando's portion, six thousand dollars. It was approved, and I think that same as last year. Same you? as last okay, year. Gotcha. So he's not coming back for more money or or anything like that. No, and I mean, again, they could not have been they had a couple of nice things to say about Rob and 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 the um, museum itself, and just a, a great. Uh, you know, just a great thing that we have in the city. So, again, no, no issues there. Uh, was a pundit. Rob was very appreciative uh, of that $6,000. Did he mention the uh, DeSoto County Museum has, has been overrun with tours due to a local podcast? Possibly. Did, didn't, didn't say the podcast. <laughs> did mention tours. Uh, did mention the uh, exhibits, the, the six new exhibits that were in there. Did not mention the podcast. Well, come on. Uh, I, we'll have to – actually, I think we're seeing Rob at lunch today. Exactly. And so we will talk with Rob about that and uh, see if we can get a little a push that way. Uh, the next thing was uh, on the agenda, this was item number 15, was the request to the amendment for Madison Lakes, the PUD. Uh, this, you know, the, the It's been conditionally approved, right. but uh, there's still some issues they're trying to work through to get this thing formally passed. And the, this was not, it was tabled uh, on Tuesday night, not on the alderman side, but actually on the developer side. They wanted to uh, submit something else, did not have it ready, and so just asked for it to be moved to the 17th. And so it'll be back on the agenda for November 17th. Again, listeners, Madison Lakes is the massive piece of property on the northeast corner. Wait, Green Tea and Bihelia, east of Mackinville, all behind Hernando Hills, all right there where the new exit's coming through, all the way over to uh, where Bihelia and Jaybird kind of make the big big turn. So just a massive uh, piece of property over there. I think, Derek, uh, over 1,000 houses, pushing 1,000 houses. Just over 1,000 like houses. Yeah, so huge development. So pay attention to that. That's a big deal. It's definitely part of the future of Hernando for sure, the Madison Lake subdivision. Um, but very interesting. The developer said, hey, table it for two weeks or table it for uh, let us put something together. I do know, Derek, Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they mention anything about uh, the city requiring Madison Lakes developer to put in a water tower? Not no. last. Not, okay. It was just I, I very think, quickly. It was just something saying, "Hey, he couldn't be here tonight. I wanted to put something else together." And okay. He asked to be tabled to the 17th. Okay. You know, it was just motion. Gotcha. It kind of seemed like the Madison Lakes, from what I can tell, maybe asked to do more uh, than they'd already been done and. And visiting with a developer about three weeks ago, they've done a ton over the last 10 years, or it's definitely the last two, two and a half years, uh, putting together this uh, this project and, and seem to jump every hurdle that the city has put in front of them over and over again. And, uh, you know, that's a big project. Like I said, the future of Hernando really right there, a thousand houses right there in the northeast quadrant. So very interesting. But, Derek, probably the last thing, is it, is it going to be the last thing for the meeting? The last thing. Last thing we're going to talk about for the meeting is a big deal. 
Uh, we talked about four weeks ago, had an entire show on the uh, wards. The title of our show was, Is Your Ward Out of Whack? Uh, what that simply meant was, is uh, are, you, are you in one of the voting wards in the city of Hernando that uh, your alderman maybe represents 3,400 people and another uh, ward has the same vote as your alderman representing around 900? And that's what that's the question we asked. And we've known that that's been, quote, unquote, out of whack for years. And um, they voted on it in October, the, the second meeting in October. They voted and approved uh, a change of wards, Derek. But something, something happened on Tuesday night. Tell us about it. What happened back on the last uh, meeting in October was they approved the option they wanted to go with, option one. From the we, consultants. From the consultants. We're, you know, we discussed this. Uh, the variance was like 6.87%, which was under the 10% required uh, by the state. The That was voted on three, three to three with the mayor making the tiebreaker. So it was approved, but that's not the language. That's obviously just the, the option they're going to go with. So they had to come back, had to write it down, and I, I actually was able to obtain a copy of the, for those this is basically legalese you've got to go in there you've got to to, uh, cite the statutes of where this is required then you have to do a legal description you know meets and bounds of every new ward and so that has to be done that has to be uh, approved by the board then it has to be put out to public for 30 days to make sure there's any comment on it and then it's then it's recorded well this is the legal document that had to be approved by the was brought before the board on tuesday night right meets and bounds is simply a real estate term saying hey this ward will run to this road yeah uh, ending with this ditch or ending with this street or ending whatever. And that's what meets and bounds uh, means. It's a simple real estate term that just gives you a boundary and sets up your boundary for what the wards are is what that simply is. So they, you know, so this, this was brought. Well, there was one alderman uh, who has not been there for a while um, that they're, they're in poor health. And so they've not been able to make the meetings. And then there was another alderman that could not be there this past Tuesday night uh, for personal reasons. They, that the second alderman was the one that asked for this to be tabled to the 17th because they wanted to be there for the discussion and you know just was asking as a courtesy to the other aldermen if they would postpone this to the 17th. There was some discussion. Two other aldermen uh, were adamant about going ahead and getting it done because it was already approved. Uh, you know they know what plan they want to go with. This is actually just putting the plan into words. The and but the other ones wanted to have more discussion and wanted to have uh, you know and give the aldermen that had requested it wanted to honor their request and to allow them to be there uh, for the next meeting. So they did a vote uh, on whether or not to basically to accept the legal description of the wards it was voted down three to two and so that therefore it's pushed to the 17th that seems like a formality but there may be a little more behind it and i I just and i but i think that the main thing is is timing now if this was september august may not be that big of a deal all right, we say, okay, it was tabled. We'll see what happens next time. However, because of the timing of this, because that there's an election in the spring, and because this has to be done 30 days before the start of the year, we only have one more meeting left to get this done. Correct. And so, you know, the, the next meeting is November 17th. This is going to come up again. Hopefully, you know, at least six of the seven aldermen can be there to have the discussion, to vote on it. This needs to be done. This is, we've been out of compliance. Uh, we've talked about this last time since after the 2008, I think that was done. That was based on the 2000 numbers. So so, and I want to, I'm going to kind of bore you a little bit and hopefully not too much. Too late. Uh, I want to read the statue. Uh, thank you, Matt. I want to read the statue, uh, statute, excuse me, if I can find it real quick. That says, well, hey, real quick, while you're looking for that, while you're looking for that, the alderman who asked for it to be tabled was there on the seven, uh, was there on the second October meeting. That's correct. Was there on Was October there 20th, part of the vote. But was not, yeah, did, wanted to be there for the actual passing of it or maybe supposed well, to It's already been passed. The, the, the option. Right. 
has been passed, the language to actually record the redistricting has not. Yeah, I mean, Continue yes. It, now, again, I'm not saying it was agreed upon because it was right. a, it was a three to three split vote right. with the mayor having to do it. So I'm not going to say it was agreed upon, okay. but it was voted on and voted approved. On, yes, yes, and approved. All right. So this is out of Mississippi Code Annotated 21-8-7. Uh, I want to read what this says for when redistricting should take place. When? It, it shall be the mandatory duty of the council to redistrict the municipality by ordinance, which ordinance may not be vetoed by the mayor within six months after the official publication by the United States of the population of the municipality as enumerated in each decennial excuse me, decennial, so every decade census, and within six months after the effective date of any expansion of municipal boundaries. Now, Hernando is not dealing with municipal boundaries expansion. It is the fact that, so in 2000, we had a census. We got our numbers six months later, sometime in 2001. Right. Okay. We did not change that to 2008. In 2010, we had a census. We got our figure sometime in 2011. It's 2020. We have not done anything about that. Correct. Okay, so we're 10 years over the state statute, again, 21-8-7, to do that. The other thing that's important to remember is the one man, one vote, which we talked extensively about last time, uh, that one person, one vote rule that is in this Constitution. Let me read exactly what this states. The one person, one vote rule refers to the rule that one person's voting power ought to be roughly equivalent to another person's within the same state. Okay, so... Somebody that has a vote for 900 people, somebody that has a vote for, you know, one vote for 300, I mean, uh, 3,500 people, not the same. Correct. That's why the redistricting has to be done. It should be done six months after the census is given to us by the national government, and that has not happened. Uh, there's been two cases, uh, Supreme Court cases, Reynolds versus Sims in 1964, and Ivan versus Abbott in 2016, both that have upheld the one-man, one-vote rule, and yet we're still out of compliance. Ten years going uh, at 97.8%, and we should be under 10%. Right. I'm not an attorney, but the word precedent is a key word in law. Yeah. And the, uh, as recent as 2016, there was a, a ruling, like you said, kind of upholding or agreeing with the, the situation there in 2016. Here we are, 2020. We've had the numbers since 2011. We spent, I think we had decided, what, over 64, maybe uh, even? 63, $64,000. Yeah, $64,000 on consultants, different things, redrawing maps, whatever. Last meeting in October, the plan was approved to go from 98% non-compliant to, I think, under 7% compliant. Yep, 6.87, something like so that. So now we're just talking about legal things that have to happen, words that have to be put on paper, words that have to be put out to the public. Why is this a big deal? Like you said, spring elections coming up. This has to be done by the end of the year. So the 17th is, so then 30 days after that will be roughly December 17th. Okay. That would be before the end of the year. You could let everybody know the new awards by January 1st. Uh, and then filing for you know uh, elections, whoever wants to run by starts January fifteenth. Some people have begun to uh, have already announced. There have been mayors that have been announced. Right. Uh, there are aldermen or? that want to announce, have announced they're running, are unsure which ward they're running for. Correct. Which is why this is important. This has to be done. Yes. Um, it has to be done from a law student standpoint. It has to be done for the fact that those of us that are in the ward, like myself. Uh, that is underrepresented, want to have a more fair vote across the city. And so, you know, this needs to be done. There was a talk uh, on October 20th in that meeting that, you know, people were trying to, uh, you know, configure this so they could get their seat back or this. I know of one alderman that has come out that said he's not running again. Correct. Uh, one alderman is retiring. So I don't know if it made it official, but it's known that he is not running again. Okay. So that's at least two that are not running again, which, you know, however they vote, 
it does not affect them. They're, they're not running again. Uh, there may be one or two more that may choose to run or not run again. And again, if that's the case, they'll be voting on something that does not affect them. Right. This has nothing to do with a person. This has to do with the position. And is the position uh, equally representative? And currently it is not. The other issue that we talked about last time was the uh, dilution of minority vote. And that is a real thing. Uh, it is something that was looked at in the Civil Rights Act. The problem with redrawing these, and this is everybody, uh, all both consultants, actually both consultants and the attorney, uh, in looking at doing this, there was no scenario where the minority vote was over, over 50%. Okay, again, it's a great thing that people of all races, colors, creeds are moving into different neighborhoods, that your neighbor uh, may not look like you, may not uh, think like you, may not, you know, may uh, have other religious beliefs. And that is a, that's a great thing. Uh, we are a melting pot in this nation, and, you know, and, and the, what we're trying to do is all live together peacefully, and Hernando is doing that quite well. The, however, you know, but it, it to, but, in saying that, you have one ward now that is about 75%, and again, it's within a couple percent minority, that will be diluted, okay, because it is the smallest one. It's the one that has 900 people. To get to 2,500 people, it will drop under the 50% minority, uh, I guess, demographic. That's not a bad thing because it's not, it's not being done to dilute the vote. It's not being done, well, we're going to carve this out to keep them under 50% like would have been done. Decades ago, gerrymandering did happen. Okay, that's, there's a term for it. There's a law against it uh, because it did happen. This is not gerrymandering. And in fact, in order to get to over 50% minority vote, you would have to gerrymander. You would have to draw spider lines to try to pull in where you know maybe minority houses would be, which, again, is illegal. Correct. So this is a, the best option. That is, is, I think it's 47% is a minority vote. It, it needs to be done. I, I cannot urge everybody listening, please contact your alderman with the ward that you're in. Um, you know, the, the ward, the name of your alderman, you know, if you know where you live, you can type it in on the city website. It will pull up the name of your alderman. It will pull up their phone number, their email address. Please reach out to them and say, hey, look, we need you to vote for the option one. Go ahead and vote it in because we, we need to move forward. People that want to run need to be able to start declaring. They need to start planning. Uh, they'll start fundraising, turn their, their applications in starting January 15th. This, it, it's an election cycle. We do not need to have the Washington politics, the, 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 the trying to save a seat for this position, that position, or, you know, well, this has been this way for 15 years. Let's go through another cycle or let's wait till the next census. Because, yes, there, will, there is a census this year. We will get the numbers next year. We'll need to do it again. Right. Sometime between June and December next year. Because legally we're supposed to. Yeah. That's legally what it <laughs> you says. You just read it. Yeah. I just read it. I dropped it on the floor. So I think it was a 23-8-7. Yeah. Again, that this is this is not about – I mean, look, my ward is not going to change on any of the scenario. I'm in Ward 3. In the option 1, I'm in Ward 3. So it does not affect me. But, again, it should not affect – it's it's about the position. It's about the representation. Has nothing to do with the person that's in there now. This is not a personal thing. It is basically the fairest way to get to the number without dividing neighborhoods, without dividing, uh, you know, uh, down the middle of a, a street, of a, a street uh, or a subdivision. I mean, it needs to go. And, and again, this has done a great job of keeping subdivisions together. I'm I'm, my, I'm on our HOA board of my subdivision. If I had to tell people to vote for two different aldermen. That would be a pain. I mean, right. it would just be a, hey, look, well, this is, you got to call this alderman to get this street paved, but I'll call this alderman because it's my street. No, no, no. 
this is the best job. It's the best option. Um, you know, this is what, and, and I'm, it's not even me saying that. It was voted the best option. It was approved the best option. Right. It was approved in October. Let's just put it in writing. No, I agree 100%. Derek, you and I spoke a lot uh, off air. You're obviously very passionate about this, uh, not because uh, against or for any particular person, uh, but what you are for is whoever it is in every ward, every person having a, an equal uh, opportunity or equal vote about what happens in Hernando. You shouldn't have somebody to represent 900 people having the same vote as somebody who represents literally four times the number of people. Well, and, and that's, they, that's not that's against the law and and, and just the, the continuous kicking down the road exactly yeah i agree it's just i mean it's procrastination let's just take care of it right let's just take care of it and look are we gonna have to take care of it again yes as we should but, yeah, well, but again, let's do, do it this year do it this time next year right. and then guess what you can wait right. 10 years Ten years yeah <laughs> instead of waiting eight years in, in the 2000s nine years in the in the teens uh let, you know let's let's stop this and get this done i tell you Derek, the all meetings sometimes can be a little bit tough to uh wade through tough to figure out what's not hard to figure out is who you need to contact to help you with your fall lawn needs contact williams services williams services is a veteran owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care landscaping mulching and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves are, are have already begun to fall. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or look him up on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Parents. Are you considering making a schooling switch either next fall or even as soon as the semester break? Are you concerned your student is not keeping pace and functioning on grade level since the beginning of the pandemic? North Point Christian School can help make your family make the switch. Mark your calendars for Sunday, November 15th at 2 p.m. North Point will be hosting their first open house of the year. This open house is especially designed for new prospective families with children pre-K3 and up. NCS is conveniently located in DeSoto County near the intersection of Goodman and Getwell Roads. For nearly 50 years, the school has been delivering a high-quality and affordable private education that is distinctively and unapologetically Christian. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as our unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, Ms. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Derek, you mentioned earlier that we're going to be meeting with Rob Long later today. Part of that discussion is going to be opportunities to fundraise for the DeSoto County Museum. Part of that's going to be some merchandise between the UTW Podcast and DeSoto County Museum, a partnership. In order for those to happen, the t-shirts and different things that we're going to put together, we're going to be contacting the Print House, located right behind Funderburk's Pharmacy in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services. Whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, contact the ladies at the print house to help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105. Or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's theprinthousems.com for all your printing and vinyl needs. Turning to 
I guess heading, starting heading toward the schools, we'll be discussing football and volleyball here in just a second. But one of the things I wanted, we wanted to talk about and congratulate again was Center Hill High School. You know, about a, over a month ago, I think the beginning of October, Center Hill High School re- received notice that they were a blue ribbon school for the United States and you know all of America. On this past week, this, I think it was uh, on Tuesday, uh, no, excuse me, Monday, the school received the blue ribbon. Now we want to go kind of mention again what the Blue Ribbon School is. 0.3% of all schools in the U.S., so 0.3, not not 3, schools in the U.S. receive this designation, which means that Center Hill is one of the top 350 schools in 2020 in the nation. Just a fantastic fact. It's the only high school in DeSoto County history to receive this designation, and the only high school in Mississippi that has received it since 2011. Some of the attendees that were there, Dr. Wright, the uh, Mississippi uh, Superintendent of Education, was there to speak. Corey Usselton was there. Doug Payne, the principal, uh, spoke uh, during the ceremony. Also there that did not speak were Trent Kelly, uh, Mayor of Phillips of Olive Branch, and then along with four of the five school board members were there for this event. And then the um, staff was, again, this is one of the things we want to reach out and say just a congratulations to the staff. Of course, I just mentioned Principal Doug Payne. Uh, the assistant principals are Zach Sims, Brenda Case, and Sharon Reed. These wonderful people, wonderful administrators, administer over 1,000 students that help earn this award. So, again, congratulations, uh, Center Hill, on just a, this, this designation. I mean, obviously, we say, you know, it's a blue ribbon award that comes, I guess, every once in a blue moon. Just cannot be be uh, more proud of the public schools that we have in this area and for Central especially for receiving this award. And we talk about it all the time, Derek. We are called Under the Water Tower. That's the name of our show. But we're a DeSoto County podcast. Uh, we want to shine the light on a number of kids, especially the children of, of DeSoto County and the school and the school system. So we, we are do have a personal relationship with one of the administrators, but running a school is not easy. Uh, it is a difficult job, and we want to say thank you to those men and women for working hard, believing in the kids, and pushing them to be the best that they can be over in Center Hill, the, the far east side of DeSoto County. So definitely shout out to them for uh, their continued success. Matt, you know, when you win an award, what's the first place they say on TV that you want to go? That's Disney World. If you're looking for that trip to Disney World, podcast is brought to you by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it is that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Give them a call at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or check them out on Facebook and Instagram, both at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you to those ladies for advertising with us on the UTW Podcast. We're getting closer to our first playoff matchup of the year. Uh, Getting excited about it. Fired up. This is a great time of year, the last week of regular season to a determined playoff seating for the public schools. And, of course, North Point uh, having the first playoff game in the county uh, tonight. But before we get there, we want to uh, mention a uh, back to volleyball. Of course, as the season wrapped up, 5A and 6A champions are located in DeSoto County. And uh, yesterday, the state of Mississippi named uh, six girls from DeSoto County to the Mississippi Association of Coaches All-Star Game that will take place in Millsaps uh, this coming up July. So about seven, eight months from now. Uh, so we want to give a, uh, uh, just a, a praise out to the girls uh, that were named. The North Squad will include three members of the state championship teams from DeSoto County. There are Kennedy Smith and Avery Wolf of 6A state winner DeSoto Central. And Jasmine Chacon will represent 5A state champion Lake Cormorant. Two players will come from Lewisburg. Sadie Bridgeforth and Ellie Morgan were named to the North team. 
and Olivia Hines of Center Hill was also selected to be on the All-Star roster. So congratulations, ladies. Uh, I know, you know, obviously a hard season, great season. Y'all did all, all did well. We, you know, very, very tough competition here in DeSoto County, and I'm sure that you'll represent us well uh, in July and at Millsaps. That's right, Derek. Lake Cormorant won the 5A Girls Championship Volleyball. D.C. won the 6A Girls Championship Volleyball. Uh, Center Hill and Lake Cormorant more than likely would have battled for the north half. Had some different things uh, pop up for Center Hill, but Center Hill would have been right there with Lake Cormorant. You know, Derek, you and I have got to learn about volleyball in the last six weeks or so and uh, seems like the best volleyball in the state of Mississippi comes right here through DeSoto County so Easily. congratulations to all you girls for being named to that uh, that honor and have a great time next summer uh, let's just hope we get there you know next summer I wonder if we'll have a president by next July I- I'm thinking we might maybe well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but uh, congratulations again to you girls but Derek it is that time it is fall in the south and fall in the south means let's talk let's talk some football we have a playoff playoffs game going on Right here in DeSoto County tonight, a big game. I'm going to turn it over to you and uh, let you tell me more about it. Tonight at Trojan Field, 7 o'clock, Battleground Academy out of Franklin, Tennessee, comes to town with a 4-4 four and four record. And they play, this is a one of the top leagues in Division II AA. Battleground Academy probably has the toughest uh, division uh, in this league. Uh, so coming to town with a 4-4 four and four record. Offensively, they are multiple on offense, Matt, with the ability to run the power game and also to spread the ball out in space. Their head coach is former ECS's head coach, Jonas Rodriguez. Okay. So he was the one that led ECS to a state championship, I believe, two or three years ago. Battle, he was from Nashville, Battleground Academy, uh, hired him back and went back there. And, of course, he's slowly bringing that program up. Uh, but, again, looking to try to, to match the success that he had at ECS. They have several key players. Uh, the main running back and safety, again, I don't have names because they don't have names on the thing. I try to do the best I can. Sure. But uh, his number two, uh, the best corner, number 23, <laughs> Uh, number 10 is the linebacker and quarterback, plays both ways. Uh, and then I've got a couple of number 60 and 55 on the defensive line. Now, number 55, 6'2", 300. Okay. Defensive lineman, 6'2", 300. Going to be interesting for the, uh, the Trojan offensive line, see how they do against that. Sadly, they, sadly, Derek, I think I would probably be on the defensive line if I played for Battleground Academy now. <laughs> <laughs> you pushing 300? Uh, no, I'm not pushing 300, oh, okay. but my, my lack of uh, motivation to hit the gym has, has put me in uh, de- defensive <laughs> line status. I, I went from playing tight end to, to probably being on the D-line. Well, they, you know, they play a 3-4 front, so again, they have you know three good defensive linemen, uh, four linebackers, so it's going to be a tough team, tough matchup for the Trojans, but you know, again, you're getting a home game. This is a team, a North Point, that was 0-10 three years ago. Correct. Excuse me, two years ago. Last year, they were 3-7. and seven. This year they're four and four, so you see the slow progress that Coach Tyler Gold has uh, gotten the team to. Again, you went from obviously no playoffs to, to making the playoff as the last seed last year to hosting a play a home playoff game. You're the third year of his of his reign. Excuse me, second year of his reign, and then now uh, we'll see what happens tonight and, and go from there. No, Derek, you didn't go from no playoffs. You went from no wins. No wins. <laughs> yeah, no no wins. You went from no wins, three wins, four wins, and hosting a playoff game. Hey guys, if you can hear my voice and you go to North Point, enjoy tonight's game parents kids go out there playoff football is a lot of fun win in advance type situation win or lose tonight guys uh speaking mainly to your son Derek, who i I don't know if he listens to the podcast i don't know he may not like to listen to your voice but but anyway just good luck to y'all for sure and 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 push through uh, any adversities for tonight and and have a have a blast man playoff football is great so i sat down with coach gold and kind of talked with him he said the team is excited for the opportunity to host this playoff game obviously uh you know he said in july they discussed their team goals and one of the 
team goals was to have a home playoff game. You know, we're not saying we got to win the state championship. Anything, you know, just let's you know, small goals. We'll hit one, go to the next one. Was to host a playoff game because he wanted to, get, to give the older players the opportunity not to have an extra game, but to actually have it at home, be able to celebrate that. Absolutely. The extra games, you know, obviously extra reps for the younger players, uh, an extra week for the football for their seniors, and then just an extra week again, one more week to hang out together as a team to be able to do those things. You know, he says that you know that BGA obviously he mentioned it is a solid football team but they're not looking at their record because a deep dive into the film says that they uh, you know they play very good football their two losses are to the two toughest team in their district they came in and then the other two losses were to public schools in nashville so they played a very tough schedule you know he says with every team this time of year you know north point a little banged up but the players have not made any excuses they've come in given the younger guys to step up have a great week of practice and just he's really looking forward to the lights being on at north point tonight so it's all you can hope for i mean and, let's not forget their, their game last week got canceled that's right would have been the last game more likely last y'all probably would have played last week and then had to travel this week and things kind of shook out that way so it is what it is man that, that again like you said the lights come on one more time this season and in the year of 2020 COVID 19 there's a lot of kids out there uh you know, North Point, there's a lot of kids out there not playing football, so play for them. And if you need any more reason to get out there, now you do have to buy the tickets online. Please go to the North Point website. They're not selling paper tickets. You have to have them. This is the TSSAA requirement. has to be online. has to be scanned on your phone. And so you, if, But there are still, I believe, a couple, a few tickets left available to the public. And if, you, if there's any other reason to, to come out to watch tonight, it's John Pointer night. Now, John Pointer night, local legend John Pointer, uh, it was supposed to happen the last home game last week. Our visit was canceled. They're moving it to tonight. So anybody out there that might have graduated with Pointer uh, in, I think, I believe, 97. He was a class of 97. If you're out there, if you're listening to this, they're going to honor him tonight. Uh, he made a generous donation to North Point to redo their track. He was a, had a very great track career uh, at North Point, and so he, he allowed them to do that. And so, again, they're going to honor him. Uh, and so if, if you know him, have insurance through him, Come out and see John Pointer get uh, awarded tonight. Yeah, and, and you and I both know John uh, personally, and congratulations to him. That's an awesome situation. If you want to know how good John was in high school if, at uh, playing wide receiver, just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, not scared to talk to you about how no, good he was scared, in high school. No, not scared to tell you about the, the, the routes, and he could probably break them down play-by-play play for you about, uh, you know, his different things as a – well, then an SBC Trojan. That's right. Yeah. SBC Trojan playing in Mississippi. He, they play you know, back then. They play right. in the Mississippi League, not in Tennessee League. Turning to the public school ranks, uh, big night in DeSoto County football. Not playoffs yet, but not a playoffs lot yet. Of well, no, there's there's yeah, there's basically some playoffs going on. So let's start under the water tower. We start each and every week. This week we started with the playoff game that's already uh, set. Uh, but this week we're going to start in the playoff. I'm sorry, in the public school ranks again, right here under the water tower. The Hernando Tigers travel to Olive Branch. Ala Branch uh, with a 5-4 and four record. Ala Branch had lost four games in a row, but uh, won last week against Lewisburg. So they've got a one-game streak going on, trying to really upset or uh, affect the Hernando Tigers' playoff situation. And we'll talk more about that at the end of this uh, kind of discussion. But Hernando, 5-3 and three record, 4-2 and two on the season. But let's keep it real simple. Again, we'll give the, the, the ways that Hernando is affected playoff-wise shortly. Hernando, win and you are in. A win, win, and you're you're playing for a top seed. Correct. Win, and you're playing for a top seed. Maybe a host. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Possibly some type of a hosting situation. Tigers, we're going to pull for you hard on the UTW podcast. 
Uh, we're right here underneath the uh, water tower with you. Uh, five and three on the season, going to Olive Branch. Derek, I am picking the Hernando Tigers tonight. Tiger. Yeah, we're going with the Tigers tonight. I uh, want to encourage those guys to go out there. Again, win and well, win or lose, and you might have to be, go to the playoffs. Win, you're definitely in, but win, you're in a better situation. Oh, win, uh, yeah, yeah. win, you're, you could be top two seed. Right. Win, you could be a top two seed. Uh, win, you could be hosting next week in the playoffs. So, guys, good luck to you. You know, Zach Wilkie, throw the ball. I'm, I'm going to recommend throwing it to number one. Okay, let's 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 throw it to number one a lot. And, uh, man, just defense come out there. And, and let's talk about what Olive Branch is going to do. Olive Branch is going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. They're going to try to get 300 yards rushing. Yeah. That's their average per the year. Yes. So again, they, they did not throw the ball in two games that we covered. They have one touchdown pass of 40 yards in the last three to four weeks. Okay. Uh, Olive Branch, I know we talk about being a DeSoto County podcast, but let's keep it real simple. Hernando, they're going to run the ball. That's what they do. Olive Branch has no playoffs to play for. They're going to be very excited to affect your seeding, affect your season. Yes. So they're still going to play hard. Hernando, go out there. They're going to run the ball. Load up the dot. Load it up the run. Stop the run, please. We talked about coaching on Monday. Stop the run and throw it to number one and and uh, and twenty three. And, and let's get this game won so we can maybe host a playoff game next week. Well, man, you know you've seen the film. Olive Branch, you need to obviously maybe double team one. Correct. Probably some safety help. Hernando, eight in the box. That's it. Eight in the box. And get ready for the onside kick if you're on the side of the field. I have no comment. I was not at the game. I have no comment on that. Just simply saying. Uh, so, good luck, Tigers. Uh, heading over to Olive Branch. Uh, look forward to really watching that game. Probably Facebook tonight, Derek. Hey, real quick. Uh, my wife told me she watched the game, uh, the Oxford game on Facebook last week, and the young man did not know that he was not muted and uh, had quite the colorful language. Uh, throughout the game, and, <laughs> quite the colorful, colorful language, and several things to say about p- different people in the stands. So, uh, my wife learned a lot about. Uh, I'm going to say he's not going to be on there to this. I don't this know. Week. I don't know. Center Hill, far east side of the county. Center Hill guys has been quarantined the last two weeks. They've had to forfeit the last two weeks. At that time, when they had to quarantine, they were five and two with a three and one record. They were maybe steamrolling their way to a number one seed or number two seed in the playoffs. Center Hill gets to play one last game. They got one practice yesterday, according to what Derek told me. One practice yesterday, traveling to West Point. West Point six and three on the season, four and two in district going to be a really tough way to come out of quarantine and go to West Point, Derek. Again, we'll talk about the playoff scenarios here after we cover uh, preview each game, but let's just say, Center Hill, you need to win. Yeah, Center Hill needs to win uh, to get in the playoffs. Man, it stinks to come out of that quarantine and go straight to West Point. Uh, probably hadn't even put on pads for a while, so just a tough situation. Derek, I got, I got to take West Point. You know, just I just got to take West Point. Matt's going with the Green Wave now. Green Wave, close to my heart. My high school mascot. But you know what? Center Hill is well rested. I would say they They're, are. They are West Point basically already in. Again, we'll cover that. Center Hill has to fight, has to win this game to make the playoffs. I'm going. I'm. I'm going Mustangs. Okay, going Mustangs. Mustang. I don't. I don't blame you. That's that's a good pick. I, I, I like it. Like you said, I hope those guys come out well rested and and just determined to make the playoffs. Win and you are in for sure. Like you said, uh, Lewisburg at DC. Uh, no offense to the Lewisburg uh, team or the DC team. DC had some issues with uh, the coronavirus as well. Had to quarantine a couple of times during the season. Their record may be a little bit different. Derek Lewisburg three and seven overall, zero and six in the region. DC two and seven overall, zero and six in the region. This is what you're going to call the cellar dweller game. Loser of this game, uh, <laughs> loser of this game has to sleep downstairs with the washing machine. Okay. Loser of this game gets one of those bad fantasy beats when you come in dead last in your fantasy league, yep. and you've got to do something horrendous. That's basically you're looking at an zero and seven district season. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, Lewisburg, Again, North Point was there. 
Oh, I, two I years it. ago, no, I get it. I know, but turned around quickly. Yeah, but I, just it's, it is a hard season, and just and especially this season in itself. Uh, and of course, DeSoto Central not even being able to play two of those games, trying to get the get that district win. You feel really bad for them. But again, guys, you got one last night fighting for pride. That's it. You You're know, playing football. Uh, playing football. You're playing football one last time with your buddies, with your seniors, your friends. So go out there, Derek. I got to tell you, man. I think DC in a big way tonight. Again, I agree. I, I believe that you know they played some very tough games. Lost to kept the Oxford, I think, within two scores. Right. Lost to South Haven last week, nine to seven. They're playing good, tough football. I'll, I'm, I'm going to take the uh, Jaguars also. Yeah, DC obviously has a good defense that they held South Haven to nine points. Lewisburg struggles. Yep, yep. Yeah, Lewisburg struggles to move the ball. Uh, it's going to be a struggle for them tonight. They're going to. I just feel like DC is going to roll tonight. Mayor Muscle White, uh, you know, we talked to him this past week, and his son plays, and, and Derek, one of our favorite names, Titanwa, uh, the tight end there. So uh, we just wish them luck, uh, both teams luck, of course, that we cover. And uh, but I think DC is going to win big tonight. Derek, probably the biggest game for playoff. No, definitely the biggest game for playoff for implications. 6A, for six A yes. implications, uh, it's going to happen in Horn Lake, uh, right there off Nail Road. South Haven Chargers travel to Horn Lake. South Haven brings their five and four record, three and three in region. Derek, they had to quarantine two losses for uh, for South Haven. They easily could be seven and two, easily could be five and one uh, in the in the ranks, right up there at the top of the uh, the six A region. Uh, but they're not. And so Horn Lake with a four and four record, four and two, hosting the South Haven Chargers tonight. Whoever wins this game makes the playoffs. Yes, this so is this again, is a playoff. We're, we're going to cover this in just a minute, right? But winner goes to playoffs, loser goes home. That's 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 as wow. simple and as easy as you can make it. Couldn't be any more easy. This, this man, I'm going to be very interested to pay attention to this game. We'll we'll keep that updated on the tomorrow. I said we're going to put some scores out, but we'll definitely update that to the DeSoto County News website uh, tomorrow. South Haven at Horn Lake. <laughs> Tough, man. I, know, I know. I know. I'm not purposely trying to have a blank and podcast uh, or not whatever. But all right, I tell you what. I, I've seen Horn Lake in person. I saw them on their own field. I saw them quarterback play is a struggle for Horn Lake. I'm taking South Haven. Just too much talent. Now I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I've been on the South Haven bandwagon now for the last two or three weeks. Right. Ever since really they you know basically gave the game to Oxford in the fourth quarter, 31-28, and then went back to back weeks on quarantine. They've done nothing but win since they've come back. They're fighting hard. They know that they've got to come back from that one and three hole, fighting their way back to get to four and three, make the playoffs. I think they do it tonight. I'm going Chargers. Yeah, we're going Chargers. Uh, Derek, the, no offense to the Horn Lake kids, the South Haven Charger football team should be in the playoffs. Well, they're senior-led, they're senior right. receiver, senior quarterback. You know, I just – yeah, they've got yeah. the experience. Yeah. They, this, this, this is their time. Yeah, South Haven Chargers, I think – I'm certainly not going to pick a score. I'm not going to say the words big. But South Haven has some D1 talent. Get the ball to those guys that are going to Oregon. Get the ball to the guys that can outrun everybody uh, and make that happen. So, let's see what happens. But I'm, I'm picking South Haven to make the playoffs, squeak in, and maybe make, make a little noise in the playoffs. Maybe I could see it, South it Haven. be a scary team. Yeah, exactly. So, South Haven over Horn Lake – that's what we're picking. Derek, another one. Let's go a little bit further west. Man, the amount of football. I mean, think about it. Lewisburg and D.C. under the lights. Horn Lake under the lights. Lake Cormorant, the far west side, right there off the bluff in uh, in Walls, Mississippi, or Lake Cormorant, Mississippi. Lafayette Commodores come knocking to the Lake Cormorant Gators tonight. Lafayette comes in with a 7-2 and record, 5-1 and regional record, to 6-2 and Lake Cormorant with a 4-2 and regional record. Derek, it's going to be a tough tough game i'm going to call it to be very low scoring i'm going to be a bit selfish here Derek. under the water tower podcast desoto county wide let's go with the gators i'm going with them too i cannot be more excited I, this is more of a heart pick than a head pick probably there you go i mean you're looking at lafayette and they're already in they're in. They're a tough team. They're, they're fighting for the one seed. They're fighting for the one seed. Obviously, they finished 6-1 and one with this win. That's going to put them as a one seed. And, again, we're getting ready to cover the playoff scenarios. But I, I just 
you know, the Lake Cormorant's been fighting. They're so close and beating Grenada the other day. Uh, you know, and I just I, I, they're playing really good football. And you know, love to see Center Hill get that win and get in. Love to have Lake Cormorant have two of the fourteen, or actually both teams in five A in DeSoto County making the playoffs. So again, more of a heart pick, but I'm going Gators. All right, so we're taking Gators. Just to recap, we're taking the Tigers over the Conquistadors in Olive Branch. I took I took West Point to beat Center Hill, keeping Center Hill out of the playoffs. Derek's taking Center Hill. Mustangs going to pick them to win at West Point to get in. Lewisburg and DC, like we joked about, cellar dweller game. Uh, I guess it's bragging rights for each team uh, to maybe you know who's not in the bottom of the region. Just been a tough season for both teams. But again, one more time, get out there with your buddies. We both picked DC in that one. We took the Chargers to go to Horn Lake and win. Uh, so we're picking them to uh, sneak into the playoffs after some quarantine and COVID nineteen issues. Uh, good luck to them. And Lafayette, we both picked the Gators to beat Lafayette uh, to create a little bit of havoc right there in the top of the region. Uh, so we're taking the Gators over Lafayette. So, man, just an amazing night of, of high school football. We're going to try and get this show out as early as we can so you can listen to our voices, listen to our picks before the games. Uh, but try and go out, whether it be a North Point uh, playoff game or whether it be some of the quasi-playoff games going on right now. we got four, five, five games in DeSoto County tonight. Yeah, five, five games, games in DeSoto County tonight that affect playoff seating, affect uh, the different things. So go to a game tonight if you can. Get out with the family uh, or – you know, if you want to go by yourself, you know, maybe your wife can watch the kids. Or if your wife wants to go, maybe you can watch the kids. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> whatever it is. But uh, but just support these people, these young people, as they uh, fight one more time uh, to carry the flag of DeSoto County uh, somewhere in the state for the playoffs. So good luck to them. Now let's go over the playoff scenarios. Yes. Hey, real quick, if, you're, if, you're my, if your head's a little blown from the presidential election stuff and you can't understand all the numbers – Get ready for what Derek's about. All right, so if you're if you're looking if you're thinking about the Russell Crowe's Beautiful Mind movie, that's what we're going to go with here. Please, again, if you're uh, a fan of one of these schools who has a shot at the playoffs, please pay attention. I'm going to go through these as quickly, but also uh, as distinctly as possible. I want to make sure that you understand exactly what we're going to start in five uh, A, Matt. Region one five A. Here are your playoff scenarios. If Lafayette beats Lake Cormorant, then Lafayette is the number one seed. Grenada is the number two seed. The winner of the West Point Center Hill game on Friday is the three seed, and Lake Cormorant is the four seed. Well, there's your first scenario. Okay? Yeah. Second scenario if West Point beats Center Hill on Friday, then they're the three seed. All right? So Center Hill has to win to get in. Okay. If Lake Cormorant wins, West Point wins, and Grenada beats New Hope, which is basically going to happen. Yeah, Grenada's going to be the Grenada is the one seed. Lake Cormorant is the two seed. There's, there's them fighting for the two seed. West Point is the three seed. Lafayette, the four seed. Because, wow. again, they beat Center Hill. So Lafayette can go from a one all the way to a four. All the way to a four. Jeez. If Lake Cormorant wins and Center Hill wins, this is the scenario DeSoto oh County wants. Oh, my gosh, yes. If Lake Cormorant wins and Center Hill wins, then Grenada is the one seed. Lake Cormorant is the two seed. Lafayette, the three seed. Center Hill, the four seed. Wow. Come on, go. Mustangs. All right, so, again, those are your playoff scenarios. If, if you heard your team, if you're a late Cormorant Center Hill fan, if you heard your team in there, now you know what they have to do. Yeah, I mean, basically win. Just win, baby. For Center Hill, you're in. You're probably you're going to be the four seed, possibly a three seed. Uh, late Cormorant, you're win. You know, basically you're anywhere from uh, a two seed to a four seed. However, you lose, you can still make it as a four seed. So, again, just please – you know, th- those are the scenarios from that. Now let's turn to and 6A. Th- that's 5A. That that's is 5A. 5A. And turning the page to 6A, just as confusing. <laughs> just so here's your 6A. 6A, you read Again, this is a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of research went into this. 6A, the winner of the Oxford-Tupelo game on Friday will be the one seed. That's easy. 
All right, does not yeah. affect DeSoto County, no. but it does affect the seeding based on everybody else. So that winner is the one seed. So they're playing for all the marbles. Number two scenario, if Oxford wins and Hernando wins, okay. all right, so I, you know, we, we picked the Hernando win, then Hernando is the two seed and Tupelo is the three seed. All right? If Tupelo wins, so if Tupelo does the upset of Oxford, Horn Lake wins and Hernando loses, then Tupelo is the one seed, Oxford the two seed, Horn Lake the three seed, Hernando the four seed. The next, next scenario, if Horn Lake beats South Haven on Friday, they're the three seed. Again, winner's in. Yeah, winner's in. If South Haven beats Horn Lake, they're the four seed. So the winner of that game, if Horn Lake wins, they're the three seed. South Haven wins, they're the four seed. Horn Lake goes home. So, so things look like this, and I'm not saying we, we want to win. I say we. Hernando needs to win, beat Olive Branch, solidify yourself. Things look good. Hernando seems to be in the playoffs. Looks like a looks loss. Like it. I mean, based on what I can figure out, it looks like a loss. They, oh, they would still be a four seed. Okay, all right. So, you're, But you, you have a chance to be a two seed. Oxford beats Tupelo, and you win, and Oxford wins. You're a two seed, probably hosting a playoff game. Oh, a two seed. Okay, yeah, two, two seed's going to host. Yes. Okay, yes. so there you go. That's what – I mean, listen to our voices. If you hear this on a Friday night or even this weekend, let's hope Hernando wins. Oxford wins. Hernando wins. They're a two seed. A playoff game in Jenkins, on Jenkins Field next week in Hernando would be absolutely awesome. So, man, a lot of different things going on, a lot of big stuff. We'll try and post it on Facebook as best we can, keep you uh, up to speed there. But uh, when in doubt, go to Max Preps. Go to Max Preps. Yeah. Uh, you can follow the Clarion Ledger. does a great job covering the uh, – that's where I got my information from for these the city and trying scenario. to put all this together on the playoff scenarios. Man, I, I mean, I think you can hear it in our voices. We're excited. This is fun. Um, and you know, it's, it's fun, of course. You know, I've got a child that actually plays. But, if you, you know, this is just good for the city. Absolutely. Uh, it's good for just morale uh, of your school, whether you, you attended Hernando High School uh, yourself or your kids go there or will go there. Just come support. I mean, Olive Branch is not that far of a drive. Drive the 20 minutes over there. Watch the game. Right. Hey, if you're, or maybe if you can't watch that one, South Haven Horn Lake, what a great game right at the Church Road. I mean, not, again, not very far. Drive over to your door. Watch Lake Cormorant play. I mean, there's plenty of, of, of options out there. So, you know, beautiful night. Going to be a beautiful weekend. Zero percent chance of rain. You know, guys, good luck to you all. Great season. You know, just kudos, shout outs, whatever word you want to use to getting this season in. Now, we've had two weeks here and there that people couldn't play, but we're finishing the season, and even those that had wins taken from them with the coronavirus, still shooting for playoff spots. Still shooting for playoff spots, man. Just absolutely awesome. Been a blast, Derek. I can't believe we're going on about a number week number 12 or so doing the uh, podcast. It's just been phenomenal. Uh, people to stop us, whether it be in the grocery store, at church, or send us a text about coverage about their son or something like that. So uh, that's why we do it, Derek. We certainly uh, uh, do it for um, – those opportunities to, to give a shout out to these young people as they go out in every day. If you like what you hear on the UTW podcast, look us up on Facebook and like us on Facebook at the UTW podcast. That's UTW podcast on Facebook, UTW podcast on Instagram. That's UTW podcast. And on Twitter at UTW pod, that's Twitter on UT at UTW pod. Most importantly, go to your podcast provider, hit subscribe. So, you know, when we release a show typically on Tuesdays and Fridays, this week was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So typically, uh, that's when we're going to release our show. Derek, some neat things coming up next week. Uh, we sat down for an interview or you sat down for an interview with one of the, uh, house moms. Is that what you call them? 
a house parent. House parent, one of the house parents for the Palmer home out in Eudora. Uh, so just a very uh, amazing ministry that they have and, and that goes on. So we're going to air that on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, you'll hear the house parent from uh, the Palmer home vis- visit with her. And then we'll also break down what we just talked about. We'll break down playoffs. We'll break down uh, games, all those type of stuff. It's going to be an awesome show on Tuesday. So look forward to that next week. So a lot of good stuff happening next week. A lot of neat stuff happening with merchandise for the UTW podcast coming up. So uh, be ready for uh, some neat things. Uh, maybe maybe you can throw that in a stocking or something like that, one of our things. And something about our merchandise, people, um, when we begin to sell that, begin to push that, uh, there will be a fundraising aspect to each and everything that we sell. Uh, so there will be some opportunities where when you support our merchandise or you purchase our merchandise, you'll actually be supporting, uh, whether it be the museum or whether it be some different things in town. We're working on figuring that out. But uh, Derek and I are not necessarily in this for ourselves. We're in this to, for our community, uh, for the county, and certainly under the water tower here in Hernando. Derek, anything else? Now, I'm just ready for some football, ready for a great week and uh, look forward to breaking everything down on Tuesday. Can't wait, man. Well, wonderful show. Certainly enjoyed being with you this morning. Uh, If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty soon.